How Long Gone, live from beautiful, it's not actually beautiful, it's shit weather, Seattle. <laughs> Them jeans and I are in separate rooms at the uh, Hotel Sorrento. Smells like cigarettes, carpeted. It's beautiful. It's like if a Four Seasons, uh, you know, got beat up and didn't uh, take a shower. No, this this is a one season. <laughs> I, lo- I love this shit. All right, Jason, how are you feeling? I f- I we had a long day yesterday, and I saw Jason eat some weird stuff. So I feel like he might be hurting today. Uh, I don't feel good. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> is the me DJing the the throwback blog house electro indie sleaze revival party. <laughs> Made me feel bad afterwards for a number of ways. Alcohol is probably the first one, though. What What about emotionally? Because I feel like you put on a brave face. You man, <laughs> you man the DJ booth. You played Zed against all odds. <laughs> um, yeah. The most shocking part maybe is that I was there because I obviously didn't want to go, um, but I felt compelled to support my uh, business partner in his other endeavors. Mm-hmm um did you feel that support for me or could you have kind of taken no i felt i mean just the fact that you were there alone spoke volumes and and that was that was huge to have you in my corner (laughs) and to kind of have some of my other members of my squad yeah there yeah yeah it meant the world to me no understood and i think that um i could tell um by your dancing that you were in the zone but mainly drunk Mm -hmm. um and we were at a club downtown that feels like a kind of like a bomb shelter among <laughs> homeless encampments. Yeah, so it was any business in LA. Yeah, basically. But the, the best part about that venue, because I've been there before to see Rebounder, is that the uh, the VIP green room is is merely <laughs> a tent in the back of the building. It's, it, it was giving FEMA. <laughs> it was good, dude. It really- oh yeah, all all the DJs line up to get your one <laughs> bottle of crystal. Crystal Geyser or Dasani water. Yeah. Me and A Track lined up on the Chow line. You and A Track were lining up for government issued cheese at 11 p.m. <laughs> no, but it's just such a strange. Like I get it. Please, sir, just another Red Bull and vodka for my family. <laughs> I get it that like Cali, it's like yeah, baby, it's nice year round. I understand that, and I don't even mind. It's a little bit chilly, but it really does just feel like shit. It, it's not. It's not even like yeah. It just it doesn't feel special. And the whole point of a green room is to. I, would, I mean, I guess some of them feel special in nasty ways, but they still feel special. They don't feel like you're waiting to get your oil changed. No, that happened to us in, when we were in Denver, and that venue that we were playing, the green room was just uh, a converted oh, yeah, the like green, Winnebago. The, the green, like yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, yeah, set, and it just had, yeah, it's really like, all right, here's the room that you sit in right before you're about to perform in front of hundreds or thousands of people. The energy has to be crazy. The spirits are high. The juices are flowing. Why don't you sit in this back parking lot? Like, I mean, it, it had all the all the decor of a of a Christmas tree lot at Walmart, and then that, <laughs> that's where gonna... that's where the talent is wrangled. <laughs> the green room at the Dim Mac party was giving Mister Jingles. Really <laughs> but you know what are you really gonna was. do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? But it was, it was fun playing that music, and I had fun DJing. It was cool. I'm I'm not mad at it. No, no, I had I had fun too. And if you guys want to see Jason in all his glory, just check out the CobraSnake.com. You know, Mark captured Jason building with all his homies from back in the Dizzy. <laughs> um, so it's 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 nothing to see Jason gone off tequilas wearing the all new how long gone seattle colorway ball cap yeah which which i did leave on the plane yesterday no you did did you i don't know i can't find it nowhere (laughs) (laughs) all right so so we got to see we got to seattle after some mishaps at beautiful lax thank you to our delta family for taking care of us they didn't really take care of us that much we went up to the gate that we were late at because of things that were not our fault that's right you're like hey here's a situation this happened this happened this got delayed you know we got stuck in that thingy and there's a terminal there's a bus that was not coming at the right time you know and he, we're here now the plane hasn't taken off yet what's going on and they're like go over there get info day Info desk. Yeah, the guy, the guy who was in, the guy was who was in charge of helping us rebook was literally like, if I can get these two fucking idiots out of here in under two minutes, I can get back to my Roblox game <laughs> on my fucking Android. Like, didn't look up, didn't engage in conversation whatsoever. Yeah, I can get back to looking at the Fenty Runway Show on YouTube on my on my <laughs> yeah, cricket yeah. on my cricket look, wireless. 
<laughs> look, I know that you don't want to do this job. I understand it. I wouldn't want to do it either. But unfortunately, you signed up for this. And we're being nice. It's not like we're yelling and screaming. We're being like very yeah. nice and, and amendable to this whole situation. Um, yeah. But regardless, we, we did make it um, to Seattle. We are in Fraser mode. And um, we went to a very weird place last night called Deep Dive mm-hmm. that was inside of a geodome that was apparently paid for by friend of the show, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, it was called Bezos' Balls. It was called Bezos' Balls. I think Seattle residents. Because there's, it's a spherical building. It's it's two spherical buildings, so truly nut-esque. And Good point. They had, the, our waiter looked like Robert Downey Jr., but he had a twisty mustache. <laughs> and Jason ordered a sherry uh, <laughs> and... First of all, and our uh, what a curious! He pulled it out of his curious case of antiquities. This guy, this was steampunk Robert Downey Jr., who was like the, the way he described the menu made me want to absolutely punch him in the face. Everything about this guy, I couldn't <laughs> have hated more. Everything about it. He was a very professional waiter, but his personality and the way that he tried to engage with us was just really grating on my last nerve it had been a long day and the menu was the food was actually pretty good but it was just mm-hmm. a little weird and all over the place i kind of i kind of like the personality of of guys like that because they're they are annoying and they are bad but they they have an energy about them that is letting you know that they are confident in in what they're talking about that's true that's true but no, right. i mean that's i mean if i'm trying to find any good part about him but you know it's like that kind of guy where like you're at the restaurant and you're like and here's this and this and this and uh, pardon my French, but the lemon aioli is fucking awesome. And yeah, yeah, you no, should go there. And you're like, ooh, yes, I mean, yes. oh, he said a vow. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I came and explained this place. If you live in Seattle, you know, and and the idea is that we probably shouldn't have gone there, but Kashan sent over a list of restaurants, and I wanted to pick the one that was kind of the dumbest. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a Bezos, there was a Bezos mention, so I was like, "Boom, do it!" And then Jason was able to order a thirty dollars hot dog that was <laughs> as thick as a fucking soup can, while I tried to to try to sustain myself on um, oysters that felt small. I would say um, Pacific Northwest oysters, not not gigantic, as well as as well as some uh, cacio e pepe crackers, which I say what were the highlight of the menu. They had a nice little kick to them. They did have a kick to them, and I'm glad that the uh, the star player of your team was uh, <laughs> a bowl of crackers. That's where your culinary palate's at. They were pretty good. I mean, it was it, the food overall was quite bad, but you know the crackers were nice. I, I love the crackers, and let's not forget the spicy nut mix. Something that I look for in any any place. I like that I yeah. Go. I like to go to a place where the cocktails cost twenty four dollars. Yeah. and well, they, the, they hand you some fucking barbecue peanuts. To be fair, the cocktail list was the size of Encyclopedia Britannica. So I I I, I would oh, you have to charge twenty four a cocktail if you're going to offer that many. It's just it's just a, a number. Uh, my game. body feels violated having eating that food. No offense to our friends who took us there. Sorry guys for for poo pooing. I don't. It's not you. It's I actually don't think it was that bad. I just think the whole situ, like I think the whole thing was so weird that it clouded the experience. That's my personal. Like mm-hmm. I guess I didn't eat enough though. I didn't actually the croquette. The, the croquette was pretty good. That was the worst thing ever. It was so bad. That was, the croquette was pretty good. That was well, the worst thing on the menu. Well, bro. I mean, look. My choices were a cracker or a croquette. So what do you want me to fucking do? I know. I know. No. I mean, it's, don't make this about you. I make. I'm. This is about. Oh, I see. About whoever made that terrible fish. <laughs> terrible fit no it was a funny it was a very it was a very funny place but seattle's a funny bezos don't eat there seattle is has such amazing food and i should have chosen a restaurant i'm beating myself up now i don't know why this is but it's 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 funny so that's all that really matters no i mean the problem is now that we have a podcast we have to eat for content yeah that's right because the food is good like we have to eat at it's gonzo journalism like we're, we're gonna no. go eat at dave and buster's today and it's gonna be crazy but i did learn last night at dinner which is a crazy fact that that one in four residents of seattle work at the amazon corporation yeah which is pretty fucking mind-blowing like i, I mean obviously that that encompasses like all departments and all levels <laughs> um so but but still it's like pretty from the cr- rooter to the tutor exactly but it's still pretty fucking crazy you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a pretty staggering number. Is it giving monopoly vibes? It's giving monopoly. I mean, it, it's also I guess the only other, the only other thing here is is of course the other small companies like Microsoft and Boeing. <laughs> so they kind of got everybody settled. But let, that being said, all you guys that have these nice cushy corporate jobs, we'll see you tonight. At How long gone at Madame Lou's? Mm-hmm. Um, we will be accepting cash and Venmo. We forgot the credit card reader. 
Um, <laughs> so t- make sure to tip your bartenders. No, we didn't forget it. I just can't find it. I can't find it. That being said, um, th- we actually have a food world guest today um, who uh, see, see. I've dined at all of his restaurants and they're good. <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's it's an, that's it's an odd. It's an odd U-turn for our normal. He's yeah, yeah, he's done. I've eaten at all his restaurants. You know him. It, uh, Ignacio Matos is his name. He is the current reigning king of New York City dining. Um, you know Estella as uh, President Barack Obama's favorite restaurant. Uh, <laughs> he's the master of the endive. Uh, he he reigns over Corner Bar, New York's hottest bistro in the quote unquote Dime Square neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, he also is uh, is launching um, a, a new restaurant, a fine dining establishment, which I have. Uh, no pun intended, roast him about uh, when we had dinner the other night. I was like, why on earth would I want to sit through 12 courses of your slop? <laughs> um, he didn't kind of see it my way, uh, but... Um, uh, well, well, let's let's kind of continue that convo where it left off. I'd like to, I'd like to partner, be a fly on the wall. I don't want to put words in, her, in his mouth, but Layla seemed to agree with me a little more, uh, but didn't mm-hmm. kind of want to cause problems at home, of course. And you've probably... I've been lucky enough to slurp that delicious Cacio e Pepe uh, at Ultra Paradiso with uh, beautiful Sienna Miller in my oh. in my uh, on your sight line on the horizon. I'm looking past the noodles and I see beautiful Sienna in a Chanel jumper uh, while I've got uh, butter and uh, pepper on my lip. I didn't know about I didn't know about that. I didn't know that you dined with Sienna. I didn't dine with her. She was in the restaurant. Um, while I was also in the restaurant, Chris, I'm trying to create a little fan fiction. Come on, I, I understand. I'm a storyteller. I know you are. I know this podcast is really about storytelling and community building. Check us out on Discord. <laughs> um, but uh, let's um, let's go to beautiful NYC and talk to the busiest man in, in restaurants um, and find out how he made um, such an interesting green so popular. Jason, <laughs> you know, I don't know how you feel about the Indiv, but. I feel like you weren't checking for it before Ignacio put it on the radar. Um, that's false, but cute, cute. <laughs> and also the pronounce. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd call it a green. What would you call it? And I and I would. Uh, I mean, I guess it kind of is. Maybe I would like to know because more of a lettuce. Because I've never seen a green one. It's usually yeah, yeah. kind of white or pink or something. Anyway, that's true. It's it's more of an endive, not an endive. I don't. I'm not going to fake pronounce things like I know. Um, because I don't, I don't, obviously I don't cook. I don't go to the local <laughs> no, green, I'm saying green markets. You're, you're, you're so white that you should say endive. Endive. You should do it. So you're taking the, you're taking the, the first syllable French and then the last syllable English. You got to go American all the way. All right. So let's go <laughs> salad endive. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's no, that's I'll no. eat your fruity little endive salad. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's give chef Ignacio, uh, a jingle, and hopefully he can put down his cheese grater and kind of talk to us uh, on this podcast. See, 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 see. My macro plan. <laughs> Look at my macro plan. Sometimes Chris has to ask if it's in. Great, Chris. <laughs> let's say let's say a lot about yourself, Chris. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how you go around. <laughs> Man, fuck you guys. It's okay. It's a small penis. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ignacio. <laughs> You're actually very sweet. Thank you. That's nice. But yeah, thank you for putting it that way. Uh, welcome to How Long Gone. It looks like you're coming to us from a um, back-of-house jail cell. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, for the last uh, 22 years, correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what? Uh, so this is It's like a back-of-house. It's like an office-slash-storage-slash-accounting-slash-potato-peeling room. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, like a restaurant office. You know, you, you you do as much as you can as uh, out of the space you have. Is that where you sign? Is that where you sign checks and stuff, and also watch your YouTube videos? Um, or do you try to kind of get out of there as fast as possible? Like how you know I love YouTube. <laughs> a lucky guess what what kind of videos are you watching on youtube he's watching alison roman <laughs> i love alison i definitely know what you know Alison roman <laughs> I, I, I love her but no uh but uh yeah i don't know i've been watching the world cup and stuff like that you know interviews and things like that that was the last thing i watched mm-hmm. uh, we're allowed to talk about soccer like football or no no i mean we're a lot we're i mean i'm bored by it but since you're european i give you a pass to speak about it because it's your culture i'm south american Oh, my bad. You are, you are definitely insulting me right now. That's like straight up attack. Ignacio, how far did Uruguay get in the on the World Cup? 
it, it was far enough, you know. Far enough. Today, today, far it enough. Was far enough. Like, we have listen, listen. We had two World Cups, 1930 and 1950. I know it's like okay. old, old history, but you know we're pretty fine judging that we're a three million people country, and you had to select eleven players, half of the population are extremely old mm. and then you have to you know it's, it's, it's we, scrape, we scrape around to pull those players and we do decent yeah it's a small country i like to say you're, you're still the team is still in a rebuilding period and it's been like 30 40 50 years oh, i 70. understand it takes time to kind of get new blood out there wow yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> <laughs> you're really trying to make friends here okay i got it no 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 are you now? Did you grow up playing the beautiful game, or were you already in the kitchen while all the other kids were running the field? No, I, I was definitely like everybody plays uh, football there, and I, 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 for a moment, I thought I was going to be a professional soccer player, but really, yeah, yeah, and I, I went to it's two big teams, and I went, they kind of, I went train for one of them, and it was, it was too much, you know, and I, my body was too small for the big field, and I couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. With a big feel and the training, I didn't have anybody that you know it pushed me to do it, and I I just quit. And so you got you got pretty far then. Yeah, till thirteen years old. It, it wasn't just like a dream. It wasn't just a dream, but uh, yeah, it felt like a dream. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. can't have you. Yeah, we can't have you tear your ACL at this point. I mean, people would go hungry. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I actually blow up my ACL years ago doing jujitsu. Oh, and, and since then I kind of slowed down on that. Uh, mm-hmm. discipline and yeah but I, I really blow it up and I had to get a replacement so I have a cadaver on me really yeah so you when, when they give you a, a dead person's knee nice do they do they tell you any information about that person <laughs> I, no 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 I was I just how, you mm-hmm. know how healthy he was no no fit pics or anything no no no, no information when you um when you were doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, how did that affect your uh, your just like walking around energy? Like, were you an angrier person before, and then you became more calm? Yeah, no, it helped. It helped channeling a lot of energy. It's also very cerebral, and I know I, I don't know. I don't, like sometimes it's funny when you talk to people that do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know, it's, it's everybody start geeking out, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's a pretty incredible discipline which yes it helped channeling you know if you have way too much energy but it also it's very cerebral so you really have to think and you really need to think about mm-hmm. you know just staying calm it's always a way out you know it's holding one second more oh yeah yeah and not letting emotions get on the way it's it's a it's a pretty incredible discipline it's kind of endless you know, uh, possibilities, particularly if you're doing uh, with a gi. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to train with Lucas Lepri, which is, I think by now, is seven times world champion. Yeah. So it was very, very intense training. You know, like this guy was going to, you know, pretty much the, you know, the World Cup of Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. the Mundials. And, you know, and we were all trained. I was training six days a week, class going and working full time on a restaurant. That's Ooh, my thing well. with jujitsu. That because a lot of a lot of our our friends practice as well. It just seems like the time commitment is very large. Well, you're you're so busy, you don't have time to do cocaine, Chris. That's kind of the idea. <laughs> oh, okay, I see, I see. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> you know, your hands are all messed up. So, yeah, it's a little unfortunate. You know, you kind of walk like like a gorilla at times. You know. It's it's not it's not the most charming look. Yeah, I I, I I was always curious to see how it felt walking around, just knowing that you can just kill everybody. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, it must be a fun feeling to have. I don't know, is that it just gives you, you know, I think it gives a lot of. I don't know, like this, I don't think it's the last thing you think it's about, like fighting someone. I think it's you know. Okay, and and this is not a this is not a culinary reference, but did you did you have cauliflower ear at some point? No, I make sure like I, I don't love cauliflower that much. To like, you know, <laughs> I have I have, I have a, a, a pretty good amount of stupid tattoos on my body. The last thing I need is like it's it's cauliflower ears. It's not it's not a cute look. It's not cute. It's not cute, but there's something I don't know. There's something about it when you see a guy who has cauliflower. I guess anyone. It's uh, hot, male or female, it's hot. cauliflower. 
it has an energy of like I've killed before and I will kill again and I need mm-hmm. this person to be inside of me sexually, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's it's very attractive and I think um but I also I think maybe the the I wouldn't want to have it, but I do like to see it. I, I don't I don't know if that makes sense. I know that's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like 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 your thought with children, I guess. Yeah, I don't like to see them either actually so know, it's, that's, like, that's different touching him also that no pleasant you know what i mean like imagine yeah like having sex with somebody that you want to lick that ear <laughs> do you, yeah, sure. you want to lick that ear is a great question that's never been posed <laughs> on this podcast before some people do some people let's, do. let's talk about uh let's talk about chef tattoos you mentioned you have a lot of tattoos that you may not like as much anymore as the day you got them how many photos how many of them are of vegetables or like side profiles of a pig or a cow <laughs> no i have i have no chefs that do i'm like like wow, you guys. good I'm for from you. a hardcore hardcore straight edge period but i was lucky enough also of not getting like exes tattoo on me or anything related to that they're like pretty random and okay you know some are pretty stupid it's okay it's, it's like the back and right arm and legs. Jason has some stupid ones. Um, I don't, of course. All mine are very cool um, and perfect. So it's it's it causes some problems between us. Which 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 are the most disgusting tattoos? I, I, I might say so. You know, like <laughs> like beautiful tattoos are kind of unfortunate. As a, as unfortunate as bad ones. You know. I agree. I oh agree. yeah, I agree. Like a yeah, curated. Yeah, extremely curated. You know, it's it's, it's like, missing the point. Missing the point of a tattoo, if you ask me. Yeah, if I if I look back, if I look, yeah, if I if I see the the kind of koi fish, <laughs> you know, sleeve <laughs> poking out of the of the shirt. But uh, but when the, when the koi fish sleeve is that person's first and only tattoo, they just get both arms sleeved in one weekend, and that's all yeah. they're gonna ever have. Don't trust ever. That what about face tattoos? You, t- you trust the tattoos? I, I don't trust them on white people, <laughs> um, but... Uh, they used to be cool before every rapper got one when on their 18th birthday, and now... I mean, they're probably good for dating, you know what I mean? They're probably quite comedic. <laughs> yeah, it is quite comedic. It's, it's good for dating. It's not good for meeting the parents. No, exactly. I mean, I don't... I, I think it's, it's crazy because... I, um, you know, growing up, like we had a lot of tattoo artist friends, you know, and they'd be like, I won't do face tattoos. Like there's a crazy suicide rate for people that have face tattoos because like society shuns them, you know, and now Mm -hmm. it's, it's literally like high school seniors have, have, (laughs) you know, their, their initials on their, on their cheek. It's crazy. I think they're pretty fucked up. I like, it's no judgment, but it's no, Yeah, it's no one time that I see a face I do and I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I, like I think it inevitable, you know, I'm like, I, I am judgmental with the face I do. I'm like, how the fuck you get there? I, I agree. And I the pain alone. And it hurts. Yeah, it's crazy. It hurts. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Luckily in my, I mean, we all can relate. We have these beautiful, thin, kind of angular faces, you know, so it's not like, mm-hmm. uh, Ignacio, I know you're, you're probably close to our age. I don't think you've started getting fillers yet. So like you could feel that. You know what I mean? Like that cheekbone. It hurts. Have you ever, have you ever guys have a, a facial? You know what I'm talking about? Like when they clean your, yeah, your skin? Yeah, of course. I've had a few different kinds of facials, yeah. Wow, that's great. Who read that? You, Chris? No, that was Jason. No, that was me. Jason, you love facials. I love facials. First and foremost, that's one thing you got to know about me. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, put it on my cereal, whatever you want. But the... um. You. When you have the facial and you have the extractions. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like. That's the only time I cry like a baby. Yeah, that shit alone. It hurts like a motherfucker. And motherfucker. Like a face tattoo. <laughs> forget about it. The When people get the eyelids tattooed. Oh, the eyelid tat's crazy. Crazy. Oh. I used to get my haircut um, in New York. And the, the woman who shared the studio with my hairstylist did the eyebrow tattoos. And she was making a fucking fortune. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Um, Ignacio, we were talking a little bit before you hopped on, um, and it reminded me of something like a lot of people will talk about chefs and, and, and how like, you know, it has this glamorous rock star job, but then chefs will always say like, you know, actually a big part about being a chef, you know, if the, if the toilet overflows, I'm the one who's got to plunge it or, you know, all that stuff. Is that still going on in the restaurant world in your life, or have you worked hard enough to where you don't have to be the guy who, you know, cleans the puke off the bathroom floor? No, I mean there is, you know, more structures in place, absolutely. But I, I still get involved, and I'm like, you know, I enjoy doing 
like things that most people don't like doing, you know? Okay. But you always have to champagne and do something odd. You know what I mean? It's you never get told. It's okay. You you were saying you were saying that you like to do stuff, you know, like like work with your hands and things like that. Is it, that's like a part of you that no matter how how successful or big or rich you get, you still need to like use your hands for stuff. I mean, I think it's important. I think it gives, it gives you sanity, you know? I think it's a, mm. you know, if, if, if it's that's what you need to do, I think for me, it's very helpful to be able to do things with my hands. I actually, you know, at times I'm not doing it as much as I would like to, and I'm trying to figure ways of how to get more into this handy thing, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, but it's it's tricky at times, you know. You have there is chef at eat places, and you want to empower these people and give them room and let them do it. But you know, I still, you know, I love what I do, and I love cooking, and I love figuring it out. Have to come up with new things and have to do it better. And mm-hmm. yeah, but at times it's, it's 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 tricky when you have you know four or five places and you have to bounce around. And There's figure. too many. Yeah, I was well, I was going to apply because I I don't you know I'm not a big cooker. I don't really do much of that stuff, but. I was hoping to do a, a little apprenticeship. Um, so if, if you need anyone to kind of like do the, the overnight like porter stuff, I'm available during the holidays. Sweet. So you're going to be in New York when you when you hear. Let me. I'm shooting an email today. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder I what the shoot. hell you're going to be doing. I could. I mean, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. People, I, people have this idea of me that I'm not like a manual labor cat because I'm kind of a CEO vibe, which you can probably feel. Yeah, that's it. That's the vibe you give me when when we met. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but much like you, I'm willing to get into the weeds for the greater good of my people. You know, and I think we can relate on that. He likes to roll up the sleeves of his Hermes shirt and get in there and do the hard work. I'm down to do that. Hermes is it's it's good. It's- it's a, good, it's a good look. Hermes is very good. One day I'll be able to afford it. It's a good look for the nine porter. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's actually talk about fashion as a segue. Most chefs are terrible in the world of fashion. You seem to have a, a decent amount of swag going on. How mm-hmm. much free shit are you getting? Are brands sending you clothes? Mm-hmm. Are you having to turn away packages in the UPS man every day at the Brownstone? What's going on? I don't know. Do you, do you guys get the stuff that you guys like? No, no, never. <laughs> never. No, no, no. You sure? I mean, every one, no, every once in a while. Every once in a while. Honestly, every it's, once in a while. It's rare. It's rare. But usually, if, if they, unless you're like Brad Pitt level, I agree. If it's free, you're probably not going to love it. Exactly. So that's that's where that's where we are and what I am too. You know, like trying yeah. to figure it out to get to the Brad Pitt kind of level. <laughs> sure, you know? sure. So we're all just trying to get to the Brad Brad Pitt level. That's something we can all relate on. But also, I've, I mean, Chris, Chris, I don't know how you feel about this, but like in that world, Chris really likes to pay for things himself. Like he likes to work hard and spend his money, and that's where he gets pleasure from. And some people, no matter how famous or rich or successful they get, they still are just like so cheap and they still want everything for free. Uh, where, where do you land on that one, Ignacio? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like where, I mean, I would love the free stuff, but I just don't like, you know, I, I like I like buying the stuff that I like. You know what I mean? I don't like, yeah. I, I don't need many things, but the things, I, I really believe that comfort is, it matters to me. I think it's important to mm-hmm. yeah to be comfortable, and I I like to pick the things that I like. It's I kind of hate shopping, but I you know with time I kind of learn to to try things. Well, unless it's the unless it's the unless it's the Union Square Green Market, we all hate shopping, <laughs> Ignacio, and that's something that that's something that I understand so why, completely. Why is it feels so good to that, go to the Union Square Green Market? Do you guys <laughs> go to the market in LA or? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I actually hate farmers markets. Um, I think that they are kind of the end of the line for annoying white people, but you have a reason to be there, so it's a little different for you. It is. It's, yeah, I, I agree. Particularly, LA, LA is, uh, it's kind of like a funny scene in there at the market. Funny, like you mean like you go to the Santa Monica Farmer's Market on a Wednesday at 4 a.m. and it's you and Nancy Silverton fighting over the last Sun Gold tomato or something like that? Or is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, but that, those battles are like, yeah, they're kind of real. <laughs> yeah i mean you can pre-order stuff once you build a certain relationship but it's really you know it's very gratifying to go early in the morning and you know 
particularly when you know that you're getting something that is quite unique. You know what I mean? The season changed so much and all of a sudden you get this perfect tomato and it's only a window of 10 days and you just get it like the first day that they are at that market and you just taking, you're taking them all oh. and you just, you know, and you pay a lot for it and you probably want to charge something that it doesn't make sense because whatever they were expensive, <laughs> but it's totally worth it. It's just like, it, it's fun to do those kind of stupid things, but you go extremely early, you grab everything that was there and you know that no one else is having them. Yeah, that's exciting. And then, and then you go on your Instagram stories and you, and you say like, Hey, here's my four cases of Harry's berries. I'm going to do some gelato tonight. And everyone's like, okay, I'm making a res. I need to have this first of the season flavor. Yeah. It's it's exciting. And then your, your high level clientele, you give them a text. Yeah. You know, we got the, we got the chanterelles in or whatever it is. I would like to know which chefs you've gotten into physical altercations with <laughs> over some mushrooms. It was, hopefully it wasn't Flynn. I don't know if he is, no, is also Flynn, a black Flynn, belt. Flynn, Flynn, no, Flynn, Flynn, please. <laughs> It's cool. I, I respect that he's there all the time. Uh, I saw him the other way. I told him, no, I saw him here at Lolly a few days ago. No, but I have a funny story about mushrooms. It's like maybe how long ago was this? Like <laughs> 14, 15 years ago, I go to Union Square and it's like, we was when I just moved here, like in 2006. And it was this guy that he had all this incredible stuff that he will forage before foraging was cool by Noma, you know? Yeah. And all the Scandinavian mm-hmm. things. And this guy, I just go there and like in the market then it wasn't the, like the hot spot that they be- it became. But anyway, I'm there and I see these morel mushrooms that they were literally from like a photo on an encyclopedia, you know? <laughs> they were like, it's just like these are not real. You know, I thought it was tripping no and it's like a basket and i'm just i just go very confident and i just like well i take them all mm. <laughs> and at the same time i'm asking him like and i guess he didn't understood because my accent like whatever but i, I asked him the price he didn't understood that i want them all <laughs> and he he goes like 90 dollars for a half a pound and i was like whoa <laughs> and i just stopped but back to what we were talking about, I was like, you know what? I, I take them all. But also, I was in that situation where, like, I say that I want them all. He didn't understand that I want them all. Uh-huh. They were, like, absurdly expensive. And they go, the guy goes, like, uh, I can't sell them all to you. They're for everyone. Oh. I'm like, for everyone? <laughs> who, who the fuck can afford this? Yeah. It's yeah this, ain't, this ain't for to everyone. Begin with, I didn't. I don't even want to buy them. I just buy them because I feel embarrassed of not taking them after I say that I would take them, and they're beautiful. Anyway, and yes, I get into an argument with this guy, and after that, I never, I never stop at his at his uh, stand, and he always give me a dirty look. And he hasn't been there enough. I don't know what happened with him, but uh, yeah. He, yeah, I, I get into an altercation with that guy, and he was like, "For everyone, like, how who can afford like ninety nine dollars for half a pound? It's insane." Well, also that's bad business <laughs> it, on his but... part. If my job is to sell the shit that I'm growing or foraging in this case, then I'm going to sell it all to the highest bidder. That's my job. This isn't a charity. Exactly, you're home earlier. Well, Chris, you don't know how. I mean, put yourself in the in the boots of a mushroom forager. They, you know, they're a lot more diplomatic. They want. And, and a lot more democratic. They want everyone to, you know, have a good, great time. They're very not uh, anti-capitalist, I'm assuming. No, no, I get it. I get it. But it's also, I don't know. I, I just feel like the that job is not um, always particularly high paying. So when the money is there, you got to take it. That's my guess. I mean, when you, when you go buy a Rolex or something like that, it's limit one per customer. True. Uh, yeah, you were talking about, uh, yeah, getting rich and this, you know, I don't know. I, like with this industry, it's like such a misconception, you know. Like, in terms of, it's a tough business. Back to the conversation of getting your hands dirty and, you know, and the idea that people have, you know, you have five restaurants, they think you're just, like, jumping in a pool. Like, the only thing you do is have espresso and stuff? Exactly. I want to know why chefs, like, people like yourself, why can't you just have one restaurant? Like, why can't you guys fucking relax? Why do you got to open one every year? <laughs> like, I know you're getting these operator deals and the real estate's good. and you just People make you an offer that you can't refuse, Chris. Yeah, but like, I just, I really don't. There's nothing like chef 
uh, chef restaurateur types who just must keep it going they cannot rest on their laurels they can't have one restaurant it's hard to it, it, it's nowadays it's just hard, hard to make money with one restaurant you know back in the day it, the, the cost of everything just went so high and mm-hmm. it's just difficult to make just difficult to make money out of one and you just you know and in order to make like some money you have to you know build a certain structure and you just divide it between multiple locations so you can justify Mm -hmm. to have certain positions and roles and people with certain experience the other way you're like very limited that's that in in most cases and then then it's a little bit of masochism too sure of course (laughs) yeah what i yeah i mean i had a feeling that that makes sense about like where the more restaurants you have the more broccoli you can buy and and you get a better price on it because the profit margins are so fucked up and that's how you actually start making money when you're buying in bulk. That's why Nobu it makes so much fucking money because they, no. they just buy it all. Talk, uh, we're talking about a restaurant. Nobu is your favorite? Nobu is not my favorite. No. Nobu is my favorite. No, Nobu. But, they, but they're, um, they're I, I, I guess they would be a good example of like a, a business that's run, uh, like a, a restaurant business that's run well because, you know, you have the you have the high-end stuff and they, whatever fish doesn't work for that, then they move it over to the hand roll spot. And it, and move the other stuff over to sugarfish. I don't like it at all, but it works from a business standpoint. Yeah, 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 I would yeah, like yeah. to hit. I would like to hit. I'd, I'll oh, let's go to Nobu next time I'm in New York. I think that would be nice. I, listen, I know you're sophisticated. <laughs> we talk a little bit about restaurants, and I kind of, I kind of respect where you're coming from, Chris. I think it's you know. <laughs> Expand on that, please. Expand on that. Where do you think he's coming from? I was explaining to him my <laughs> theory about base. You know how like we want a great vibe and the food to be good. It doesn't need to be this <laughs> this whole fucking thing. You know, because I was joking about his new concept that's going to have, what is it, 18 courses? No, take it easy, Chris. Why, why are you just misleading the information? <laughs> it's actually, it, it's, it's seven courses. Take it easy. Like, we, we agree that 18 courses was too much. Seven <laughs> courses is, is reasonable. No, I agree. And the, like, is that, how many of those are, like, I guess I would like to go through the sizes of the courses. You know what I mean? Because it, is it, is it, does it get larger or are they all about the same size, you know, barring the amuse bouche, et cetera? Oh, they get, they get, you know, like, well, actually, the, the concern that we have is like overdoing it and doing way too much food. So we, we plan on, on, you know, like what the right amount on, you know, like, yeah, the appetizer is like kind of gradual. We start like a little bit mm-hmm. smaller and it goes bigger. But yeah, you know, when I live hungry, I know you want to go to Scar and get a slice after, but <laughs> I don't think you might need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hopefully. so you're you're guaranteeing me that if I come to the the new fine dining establishment at the at the Nine Orchard, I will leave uh, full and not need to stop off for a slice. That that's a promise that you can make to it's me. My, it's my word. It's my word. Or, okay, or, that's or good. I take it to 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 Houston's and and I make sure that you're happy. <laughs> okay, perfect. Houston, so me. <laughs> perfect. What is it now? Are, are there any standouts on this new menu that you're quite excited about? Is there something that you've been kind of concepting and you're happy you found a place for it we well like the whole idea is to play take this classical and traditional approach like the inspiration is is like like they're like kind of growing up flavors you know what i mean that like flavors mm-hmm. that we we want to be taking chances and it's a little bit it's a little bit of hedonism on it and you know uh, and, and type of ingredients that we use in but at the same time we we doing we're playing with some of these things like we we're doing some i don't know if it's gonna be your thing but it's like uh sea urchin in blood in blood uh blood cake like blood sausage kind of sushi like it's gonna be grab on seaweed and blood cake and uh sea urchin that's like like a bite that we've been working on we're working also with this lamb and seaweed salad. Lamb and sea. Okay, so this is this is sounding like a like you said a rich hedonistic meal where you have some slutty red wines and you get fucked up and you get all horny and on greasy food. It sounds amazing, actually. Bacchanal esque. And and I and I and I think it's you know like this type of restaurant. They, it should it should be like that. You know, like it should feel. Uh, why not getting all horn now? Yeah, <laughs> excited. I mean, like, because as we get older, me going out to a nice dinner is sort of my version of going out. Like, I'm not going to the club until five in the morning unless I'm getting paid to or something. Like, that's my. That's like that's it. I'm gonna have a, an amazing meal and get it all done, and then I'm gonna go home and 
you know, hopefully continue my horned up session. Mm. So tell us about that. I'm, I'm, I'm much more interested about that than, than uh, the, the, the many courses. It's better to have sex before dinner. You, you, it's better to have sex before dinner. But if you're able to create a meal as a chef. That allows you. Have a full seven courses and the pacing is correct. The ingredients are right. And you're still able to go home as a 40-year-old person and have sex with your partner. You have struck gold, and that's something that you should try to focus on for 2023. What about the next morning? I think we kind of have to leave it. I, I prefer the next okay. morning. Yeah, for the next you prefer morning. the next morning. Yeah, I do that just, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard to have it all. You know what I mean? You have like a <laughs> meal. It's hard to have it all. On top of that, like, like great sex. I think it's pretty. It's asking too much. It's just a little ambitious. People talk about umami as the, the missing flavor, but. Having sex after could be the new umami. What do you think? It's, it's, it's a lot of umami in sex, no? <laughs> yeah, it's a little sweet. It's a little sour. It's, you know, it doesn't, it tastes like a lot of flavor, but not, the flavor is not coming from salt. Yeah. It teases the spirits. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'll look into that. Yeah. And, and afterwards, you're like, oh, I, I just, I got us two cortados and a couple of croissants. <laughs> that works every time. <laughs> I was going to get you juice, but it wasn't fresh. <laughs> So Ignacio, when you when you first dreamt about becoming a chef and you became you know that became a goal of yours or you're working towards, did you ever think that you're gonna have to do so many photo shoots in the front of house of your restaurants? You know what? No, and I actually <laughs> don't love doing it, but uh -huh. I, I'm also you know back to you know if you have to wash dishes, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy doing it. So I don't know. I just do what I have to do. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I don't love it. Okay. I saw a good photo of you holding a microplane, kind of like a gun. Where? I think it was on airmail. <laughs> I think it was on airmail. You're, you're just, you're just worse. Like, yeah, my girlfriend has been torturing me with this new, you know what I mean? Like making fun of me and taking and all these photos and like how I'm. I'm not making fun of you. This is unfortunate. So I'm holding, I'm holding a, a microplane. Yeah, shut up. Look, well, you were you were talking about your your girlfriend kind of giving you shit. My girlfriend gives me shit all the time for all of this stuff, and I think that it's unfortunately important. And guys like us need that. I, I, I agree, and I think we deserve it too. I'm doing. I like to give. I like to give everyone in my life shit, but also people love to bring mm -hmm. me down a notch. <laughs> and if if your partner's not bringing you down a notch, I feel like it's not healthy. No, absolutely. Those those are the good ones, you know. I agree. Anyway, microplanes. No, I don't love. I don't love uh, taking. I love microplanes. I do love microplanes, and I would take free microplanes if microplanes want to send me. My, it, like actually, I would love oh, yeah. free microplanes. I don't know if that was clear, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I personally don't love it. I'm, I think it's. I, I think it's great. I I do love it. I I think it's like a kind of a because you know we romanticize chefs now like never before. You know, um. So I think that like. Why do you think is that? Um. I think food is just the most, the easiest thing for the most people to kind of experience, if that makes sense. It connects with the most, the, the, the most amount of people in the world. You know, music and film and, and art are a little, some, some, this is so divergent. Also, we're, we're eating more than we've ever eaten in our entire lives. So, you know, yeah. if you can make amazing food, you're more important than Mick Jagger nowadays. Yeah. And also, I think that the, the thing that's happened is television. I mean, you know, like once fucking Top Chef and the Great British Bake Off, you know, those are some of the most popular TV shows of all time. And it, it shines a light on how difficult it is to be good. And I think that it, it makes it, mm easier for a regular person to kind of want to go have that experience uh whereas maybe before that they didn't they're exposed to it in a new way no, I, I, I i love food i i do food is my love language i don't know about yours ignacio yeah i'm i'm not eating as much as i used to you know like i i, <laughs> I don't know after i started googling seeing like how much how many calories certain thing has it's kind of you know and i've just been shoveling croissants like <laughs> Yeah, but I I've, I have a theory because uh, I used to talk to Flynn about that. I, I I have a theory that if you're the kind of person that just like has a croissant every morning, you're not fat. It's o only skinny people do that for some reason. It's like an attitude and a spirit that you have. And if you do it, if you eat croissants the right way, you'll never become fat from them. I th yeah, I think you're right. So tell me how you eat your croissant. <laughs> 
croissant it has to be in the morning black coffee maybe plain just a plain butter croissant and and that's it because even even though croissants have a lot of calories because it's just butter and and carbs only but it's it's also very light you know it just weighs like one ounce of of air mostly and if you have the right attitude and spirit you won't you won't gain any fat from it yeah and don't quote me on that. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but I want it to be. I want it to be. We all want it to be. I mean, I, I, we, Jason and I are in Seattle right now because we have a show. And the closest place to get a coffee um, this morning was this, this bakery. And I walk in there, and it's just an assault of delicious pastries everywhere I look. They got, they've got scones. They've got croissant. They've got fucking cookies. They got brownies. Everything. But I am able to resist that because it's hardwired into my brain that having anything like that in the morning is so bad for you. Mm. And the reality is it, it, it probably isn't as bad as the other stuff I'm doing, um, but I just can't shake that mentally. Yeah. There's no better time to have those things so your body can, can burn it off by the time you go to sleep. The worst thing is have that flourless chocolate cake 10 minutes before bed, Chris. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I love flourless chocolate cake. <laughs> Dude. I, I don't trust anybody that say they don't like chocolate. Yeah. I agree. Oh, really? I agree. It's like pizza. Yeah. It's like, how, what not to like? You know, uh, like, I'm more like a vanilla. Like, listen, they're like completely different. You can still love, I still love vanilla. I still love chocolate. I'm not to love chocolate. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, saying that you don't like pizza. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, it's just you're full of shit. I I agree. I, I agree. That universally, universally delicious, unquestionably. You know, what I mean, it's not. It's not even an argument. No, no, I agree. I think I think pizza, chocolate. There's probably a handful of other things we could add to that. Add to that list of universally delicious that is kind of should be agreed upon by all parties. But you know, people like to be. You know, people like to go against the grain. I don't believe them. <laughs> uh, it's like when people say, "I don't watch TV." Like you're lying. Yeah. I, I yeah. want to talk about Corner Bar because we went there like a month or two ago, right, Chris? So you guys gonna give me now? You're gonna give me feedback on the podcast? Yeah. So you're gonna like, okay, here we go. Love this. The, a, a lot of restaurants that we frequent and that are popular now have that same kind of style of uh, classic American dishes, martinis, and a steak, and you know Caesar salad, those those types of things, shrimp cocktail. And it was something that I thought was just tired and had been done, and there's no way you can really improve on it. And, and I, I really think that you did. I was I was quite impressed by all of it, man. Sweet, very well done. I, I appreciate I appreciate that. I think Jason just I think Jason just liked it because he ran into like six Asian chicks that he knew um, in the <laughs> while we were waiting on on our table to be ready. I think it kind of clouded his vision. I like the restaurant. Don't get me wrong, but I just want to give you that the full. That was my amuse boot. I want to give you a full. Uh, yeah, I want to give you the full story, kind okay. of, the, on what happened that All night. Right. You know, for context, it's important. But you didn't get dr- you didn't get drunk, did you, Jason? I tried. No, I got I got pretty drunk. Okay. On on cocktails or wine? Cocktails, martinis. How is the wine selling though? Is the wine list is the wine list moving? I don't know. Europeans are coming. Then you know they don't want to have like wine that they can have in europe for like ha- less than half the price you know what i mean yeah, sure sure that makes like sense. oh this is eight dollars a bottle back in sicily why the fuck are you charging <laughs> 98 exactly so the idea was to 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 try to make a, a bit of a destination for like you know people that want to explore what this country had to offer in terms of wine that is pretty vast and it's quite interesting that smart lot, yeah so we're doing that, but uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been fun, and you know, you guys are in a hotel also, and back to what you were saying about like this kind of continental continental flair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think like you know when you stay in, and I love hotels, but I, I think it's the thing that you you look the most is, is comfort, and it was like figuring it out how to do those comforting things that we always expect when we're away and. We have a certain level of expectations, but somehow, you know, exceed those expectations in a very humble way, you know, without trying too hard, but even a little snap to the dish. And I'm glad, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah, the, the steak au pois was probably my, I was like, you really just reinvented it in the most beautiful way. And the presentation of it was so, so amazing as well. My girlfriend was very jealous. I just showed her a picture of it, and she was like, "Oh, this is like the prettiest looking steak well, plate I've you, ever seen in my just, life." You need to bring it over. 
That's it. Oh, I, I can't afford to eat there for two. I mean, it was a solo meal. Look, the food is good. Look, the food is good, but I, I mean, you know, uh, cool. Uh, but the, um, you know, the room is really buzzing. I have to say, you know, I ran to a lot of people I knew, of course, every time I'm there, which makes me feel good. Uh, but it's not big either. But I do think the challenge. Do you guys do? Um, are you dealing with like the room service shit, or is that another partner? No, no, we doing it. We doing it all, and that was part of like why you know it's a small place like it's like one kitchen and we needed to you know we i i I think it's really unfortunate also when you you stay in a place and the food you know the restaurant is different the food like the quality of the Mm -hmm. room service is is like lower we're still learning you know like room service is pretty tricky because all the time you have a hundred percent occupancy and for whatever odds everybody decides to order it at the same time mm-hmm. stick a pie and burger and you're like shit <laughs> <laughs> we, we we have 30 37 steaks all day imagine like it's it's really absurd and then you know the logistic of the elevators and getting the food into place and then you know like a week later you're at, at you know 25 percent occupancy and it's different but you know so it's 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 a lot of variables, but we're learning. It's it's fun, and I think it's 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 something very gratifying to figure it out something new, particularly something that everybody hates that it's room service mm-hmm. that people that need to do it. You know, yeah. When you go to a hotel and the room service is actually good, it's such an amazing surprise because it's so rare. Well, um, when we when you were when I was giving you a little bit of a, of a review of the restaurant, and you may have got a little nervous, maybe not, but I wanted to ask like your your thoughts on the current state of negative restaurant reviews. It, it seems like the, it's always swaying in different directions. Like people want to see you know the takedown reviews, and then people say you know you can't do it. It's unfair to chefs who work so hard, and you know a restaurant could close down because one person left a bad review. Uh, what what are your thoughts on on being yeah, I, critical I mean, with the with the restaurant review? I don't like the the start rating. First of all, you you review in a range of places from a taco truck, which deserves to be reviewed. And I think it's at the same level, but it's different to be, you know, like running a three-star Michelin place. They should be in different categories. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that one thing is better than the other, but it's like, you know, just like, it's very different. That's all. And I just think it's like... The, it's different you know the three stars and two stars and one star and you just read a three star that it reads like a two star and then you have a two star that is like completely glowing and <laughs> it's like i don't know but you know but i really appreciate like a you know like a good reviewer like i think pete wells is a pretty yeah great writer and he does a really good job with with it i don't like the two or three star rating but but Aside from that, I think it's, I don't know, I think the, the reviews from the New Yorkers that always informative, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's important that, I don't know, but everybody's is trying to make a living, you know, like I get it. They need clicks. You just need to make it interesting. Do you, yeah. Yeah. I guess they need clicks the same way that we, you need, yeah. you, you need reservations, <laughs> but do you, do you think that Pete Wells is ever going to do another, you know, take down review? Like, like, you're referring- like the Guy Fieri restaurant in the in times square i'm sure i'm I'm sure i'm sure they will as long as you're as long as you're punching up i guess (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah the guy friendly one is it was brutal but like also i don't know it's it's, it's been a few others like 11 madison park was pretty yeah yeah. a little bit much but once again you know how uh how often do you come out to los angeles and eat uh no two three times a year he doesn't love it He, he let me know that he doesn't love it i don't is that I true? I was very clear. I don't understand LA. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you guys can help me with that right now. Excuse me? But I really don't understand LA. I don't know what people are doing. Well, I do. P- P- no one's no one's working. Everyone's exercising. Yeah. Um. Everybody's going to horses and posting on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know what there's not to understand. Okay, cool. And I get it. It's like some people are very successful that they make a lot of money. <laughs> and then it's like all these people around some of these people that it seems like they've been feed, they, they feed from like few of these people you know what they, i mean like there's a culture of people just being around rich people and that's like all they they need to survive mm-hmm. exactly and that's somehow what it gives them i don't know it's just simply that the sign of so and so and this 
the daughter of so and so. Yeah. And it's a lot of that. But I think you're right about LA. I think it's like a it's funny, but I think that maybe you just haven't had the right you haven't gone, you know, to eat Persian food with Jason in Glendale. I think that's what's really lacking. No, I mean I mean with the meal, the meal has pretty much takes a lot of pride of making sure that you eat at every single hole. And yeah, <laughs> we talk about driving for forty five minutes an hour to have, you know, like the best Chinese food. And whether it's worth it or not, um, <laughs> it's a different conversation. But uh, <laughs> it is really, I, I mean, there is good spots. I, 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 and I think that the food has gotten a lot, a lot better in L.A. And I enjoy it. It's like some places that I really enjoy that. Um, I don't get the weather. You know what I hate? I hate the weather. You hate the weather? That's the only good thing about it. Oh, but it just feels like. I'm I'm trapped on the same thing. I don't know which day it is. You know what mm. I mean? It's always the same light, the same temperature. I cannot tell. You know what I mean? I I know I'm in LA. Okay, you need some you need some uh, you need some variation. You know it. You know it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. You need some you need some dynamic range. You you want Maldon salt, not kosher salt. Kosher. I mean, I love kosher salt. Don't take me wrong, but it's a time and okay. place for kosher. It's a time and place for <laughs> Maldon. Of course, I'm talking about finishing only. Finishing only. Yeah, but like, you, can, you know what I mean. It's like Maldon salt is to 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 put on your pasta water. It's like like go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Don't you, and, unless it's nothing else you have, or you're a fucking asshole. Look, don't don't come for a meal. He listens to this podcast. Right? He, he's definitely the kind of guy who's putting Maldon in his pasta water. Well, and I once I sell my publishing, I'll be doing the same. I mean, what else do you expect? Exactly. Yeah, I think that I I think that the L.A. is is challenging, but I think that. You could you could find it in your heart to love it as you as you get older. Maybe as you relax a little bit more. Well, you're you're gonna have to because eventually someone's gonna say like, "All right, Ignacio, we're ready for yeah, the that's true. Uh, we're ready for the corner bar Venice Beach location. Here's yeah. ten million dollars, and you're gonna have to go do it." Will that ever happen or no? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I don't know. May, they, who knows? Would you would you would you would you sooner open a restaurant in Las Vegas? Before Los Angeles, I, I know I doubt I doubt that, but um, you know I've been talking about possibly doing something in LA. It's just you know we need we need ultra we need ultra Paradiso Vegas. That's yeah. a good idea, Jason. Ultra Paradiso at the Win. <laughs> Can you imagine? They won't know how to pronounce it there. Vegas? Why Vegas? How often? How often are you guys in Vegas? I mean, if uh, not that often, but I do think. But that, if you like, open an ultra Paradiso, you definitely be in Vegas. Yeah, That's I'm. I'm driving for. I'm driving four and a half hours for the Caccio. No problem. It, it's nothing for me. <laughs> um, no, I think that. The, but like. Uh, Jason like Jason went to Night Market which is a restaurant in LA and they opened in Vegas and they kind of at least from what he explained to me they just kind of like amped it up a little bit to give it like a Vegas flair but yeah it's just like here's our normal restaurant but also you can get like caviar and gold leaf on top of the shit if you you know you have some high rollers coming in which I think is interesting versus like changing your entire concept to make it feel yeah just put a bunch of gold leaf on the endive salad and Las Vegas will start calling dang something to think about but no I think Los Angeles you'll you'll definitely open a restaurant in Los Angeles I see Miami in your future as well wow and in, in five years you're gonna be really good at, you're gonna start surfing with Diplo I can already feel it yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hollywood Ignacio mode. Oh, I'm just down in Malibu with Wes. What are you guys doing? I just started. Um, como se dice microdosing? I do a lot of that now. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I hear about Ignacio doing a set at Secular Sabbath, then I'm going to start. We're getting him back to New York. We're putting yeah. him on the first I'm plane gonna, back. I to moved New York. to Tulum. I just started like cooking like <laughs> from my roots. You know? No, dude. Like what the fuck? No, Tulum. Definitely, Tulum is not a chance that I could do Tulum. I could, like, probably, like, Tulum and Bali, like, no, it's not a chance. Not a chance. Not, not of those two places. All right, so we're not gonna, we're not gonna rule out LA, Vegas, or Miami, but Tulum and Bali are out. That's, that's reasonable, I think, uh, on the, on like, the Chris, you're, you're, you're very helpful. Okay. You're, you're, you're gonna open in Kiev before you open in Tulum, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. What's up with your merch programs, by the way? Because I saw you had the Ultra Paradiso hat on when I saw you. Um, what is the? Are you expanding that? What's the? What's the income looking like? Are you about to go John and Vinny's mode? Would you be willing to hire Chris and I to sort of run your merchandise program? You know, you're so busy. We can take it off your hands. I, I, I mean, if, if if you guys blow it completely out, I'm, I 
I trust you to do it. I think it it will be smart. We can we can blow okay. it out. So we we have a very healthy we have a very healthy merch business here at How Long Gone Incorporated. And I think it's a model that we could replicate. I only have one switch: blow out or off. That's all I can do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, Jason doesn't know. Oh, wow. And that's a, that's a good t-shirt. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I, I I can blow up the best of them, Ignacio. But we can't. If you want to start making cast Dang. iron pans and shit like that, we're not really the guys for that. <laughs> but I, you know, I I can, I can put you in touch with the right people if 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 that's something you're interested. But, in. But also, like, how many cast iron pans this world need? You know what I mean? It's just like it's just one. It's just one brand, and that brand is just like it's pretty good. You know what I mean? That's right. Like, who needs like a, a designing stupid, stupid cast iron pan? It's like give me a break. I agree. No, you're right. You're right. There's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things being made in this sick, sad world that we don't need. There's a lot of people who are like this black cast iron pan. It's like kind of like ugly. What if it was like avocado green? <laughs> and now I love cooking. And then they're gonna put it in the dishwasher afterwards. Yeah. You know, it's it's not meant for everyone. It's really not. But yeah, we will we'll talk we'll talk offline about building your merch empire. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kith you out, bro. You're about to be it's about to be a movie. You're buying a second house. Only financially speaking, it's gonna be much cooler than that, don't worry. <laughs> I'm ready. He's ready. Okay. Let's let's share another Zoom. Let's get another Zoom rolling and we'll share a Zoom. Start the conversation. Yeah, I love starting cool. conversations. Ignacio, uh it was a pleasure having you on How Long Gone today. We appreciate you. We appreciate um all of your delicious restaurants that will now be texting you directly to eat at at 8 p.m. on a Friday night uh, a couple hours before. Um, so we, we we thank you. Thank you, and we can make it we can make it happen. Don't don't stress out about it. That's what we do.